bless up all glory goes to god jesus is king jesus is lord jesus died for your sins get out there and save a soul for the kingdom today remember to do your best to be your best because you might be the only bible that someone sees this is true you may be put in a position where you have to witness and you might not know it at the time okay get right into it don't forget to repent major necessity so what happens when the lord puts you in a position where he is going to use you for the greater good where he is coming to you and saying this is what i want you to do and and you're going to know it okay when you're put in that position it's going to hit you like a ton of bricks that you are to witness you are to spread the gospel you are to be the example for Christ. You are to be the example. Now, before I get way too uh, ahead of myself here, we always wonder what God is saying to us. And maybe I should say, I always wonder. I always wonder maybe why he's not speaking to me, or when is he going to speak to me, or what is he going to tell me, or how is he going to tell me and give me this revelation that I so desperately need, ask for, and want. But am I prepared for it? Am I prepared to receive the word from God? Because at that point, if I receive it, I have to run with it. We have to run with it. We cannot not run with the word of God. Run with the direction. I mean, we can. We all have a choice to make we all have a life to live and we can live it in one of two ways we can live for the world or live for god and that's that now when god speaks to us it's important that we listen especially if we are asking right if we are asking to hear from god then we can't run with the wisdom that he gives us. If any of you lacks wisdom, let him ask of God, who gives it to all liberally and without reproach, and it will be given to him. But let him ask in faith with no doubting, for he who doubts is like a wave of the sea driven and tossed by the wind. It's James 1, 5, and 6. Chapter 1. Verses five and six. So if we need wisdom, we're supposed to ask liberally and we're supposed to ask without doubt. But what happens when we get it? Let's take a look at Jonah. Jonah is a small book. I think it's three chapters. Old Testament. Chapter one. Now the word of the Lord came to Jonah, the son of Amittai, saying, Arise, go to Nineveh, the great city. And cry out against it, for their wickedness has come up before me. But Jonah arose to flee to Tarshish from the presence of the Lord. So he's fleeing. He's he's trying to he's trying to get out of the presence of the Lord. He's trying to flee. He went down to Joppa or Yappa, and found a ship to go to Tarshish. So he so he paid the fare and went down into it to go to them with Tarshish from the presence of the Lord. We know what happened next. The Lord sent the sent the storm. Okay. So the Lord sent a storm because he because Jonah 
wasn't doing what the Lord asked. The Lord was trying to ask Jonah to go witness at Nineveh, and he did He did not. So the Lord essentially redirected his path, put him back on the path to Nineveh. So what are we talking about here? We're talking about listening to the Lord. Now, we're going to go back to one of my favorite verses, and that's Exodus 19.5. Now, Exodus 19 is when, Exodus 19 is where the Lord appeared at Sinai. This is when Moses led the Israelites out of the wilderness, up to Mount Sinai. And this is where he met the Lord, okay? The whole nation was out of the wilderness. He gets the wilderness. He goes up to the mountain. And Moses went up to God, and the Lord called to him from the mountain, saying, Thus you shall say to the house of Jacob and tell the children of Israel, You have seen what I did to the Egyptians and how I bore you on eagles' wings and brought you to myself. Now here's verse 5. Now therefore, if you will indeed obey my voice and keep my covenant, then you shall be a special treasure to me above all people, for all the earth is mine. And it goes on to say, you will shall be a you shall be to me a kingdom of priests and a holy nation. These are the words which you shall speak to the children of Israel. So all of this is very impactful. Okay. We could break this down and talk about these verses, and maybe I will, depending on how I'm led. But verse five is the how I would like to put it, is the preamble to the covenant. God didn't necessarily deliver the covenant to Israel, didn't necessarily deliver the covenant to Moses right then and there. He just told him that if you obey my voice and keep my covenant. So he's telling them it's an if and then thing. It's a conditional statement. If you do this, then this will happen. It just so happens that he said, if you obey my voice and keep my covenant, then you shall be a special treasure to me above all people. So he's putting Israel on this pedestal above every other nation of people. That is what he's telling them in this instance. You'll be a special treasure to me above all people. Israel is not on the same level. These people were not on the same level. God was ready to elevate them if they listened, okay? You will be above all people for all the earth is mine. God is telling them that I run the entire earth. But you are going to be above all the rest of the people. He goes on to tell them you will be a kingdom of priests and a holy nation. Now, why is that important? He's a priest was one of the highest in the Old Testament. You know, it was one of the highest ranks, one of the, the highest officials that one could be. A priest was important. Okay. And he's telling them that you will be a holy nation. So you're going to be a kingdom of priests. What is a kingdom? A kingdom, if you're a kingdom of priests, you have authority. So Israel is going to be tasked with leading other nations. They're going to be tasked with showing other nations how to live and how to obey this covenant and glorifying God that way. Now, this is an if and then statement, though, if you obey if you obey my voice and keep my covenant, then. So we're in the if and then. So what does this mean? The Lord has been telling us for years that he seeks obedience. He wants people to listen to him. And that's what it comes down to. 
Okay. It comes down to obedience. Now we've already seen what happened when Jonah didn't obey. Okay. God redirected his path. God still used him. He redirected his path. Jonah had to get, you know, swallowed up, spend three days in the belly of the big fish. Then he went and did his thing. Now, why do we ask for direction? And then when God gives it to us, what stops us from obeying God's voice? What stops us from following him and trusting what he is telling us is the truth? Now, maybe you're not hearing something audibly as you're driving to work or as you're in prayer. You may not hear something. There have been several dozen instances where I have not heard something. However, later on, something was confirmed to me through maybe reading the text, through maybe listening to a sermon. God will use his people. To speak to other people. That's what he's telling Moses. This is what you will speak to the house of Jacob. God imparted that to Moses, so then Moses had to impart it to the rest of the Israelites, to the rest of the people that he was tasked to, to lead. And that's what happens in our lives now. Community is very important. Having a spiritual father, spiritual brother, you know, we have to spend time with other believers, with other kingdom-minded people. I'm guilty of isolating myself. I'm not going to sit here and say that this is not something that I need to work on because it 100% is. But sometimes God will use other people. He will use other humans, other vessels to reach us. You know, something I always used to tell my friends When I got the word that I needed to witness to someone, and I'm talking about a close friend, you know, God put me in positions early to have some sort of comfort level of witnessing to people that I knew. And that's what I did. The interesting thing is when you understand how you are being used and if you are being used, it's pretty profound. If God is telling you to witness to someone, not only is he using you, he knows that you will deliver the message. He's trusting you to deliver this message. He's trusting you to be the representative. Okay, maybe you're like me and maybe emotions will take over sometime. That's not a bad thing. Because sometimes when you are in that moment, you're going to get overwhelmed with gladness and happiness and excitement. And I can tell you that it's an emotion that you I can't describe. It is truly a unique emotion when the Lord, it's almost, I would say that is that you are being so drawn in to the presence of the Lord and the Holy Spirit that you truly do not know how to react. Your body is incapable. Your human body, your fleshly body is incapable of comprehending and analyzing the emotions that it comes out 
for me, it comes out in tears and happiness. It might come out completely different for you. It might come out something, it's a, a completely different manifestation of emotions. I can only tell you how I feel. But he's trusting you. He's trusting you to deliver a message. He's trusting you to lead someone to Christ. Now, here's the interesting part. Aside from all the other interesting stuff that I just said. It's interesting because he is using you. So you have already been called. You have already been called to deliver a message. You didn't know that you were going to deliver the message today. But you've been waiting to hear from God. So when you hear from God, you need to listen. Now, side note, you had better have discernment to make sure that you are hearing from God and you're not hearing yourself or you're not being influenced from something else. So if you're not sure if you're hearing from God, pray on it and and confirm it. But most of the time when you hear from God and you are directed to do something, I have a feeling that you will most likely know that. Again, if not, be in prayer about it. I'm just giving you examples from how I have experienced this, your experience may be completely different than mine. Now, back on, back on the topic. When you are being used to witness, yes, it is amazing. He's already trusting you. You've been called, you've submitted, you've humbled yourself, and you are ready to do the Lord's work. Doing the Lord's work is recruiting more workers for the Lord. Maybe that doesn't make much sense, but let me try to break it down a little bit for you. The Lord is reaching you to speak to your friend. The Lord is reaching you to speak to that stranger. The Lord is reaching you to speak to your coworker. That's the profound thing is that God wants their attention because he's got your attention and you have his attention maybe because you're already being used. But we are supposed to draw more people to the kingdom. Which is why when we hear the Lord speak, we need to listen. Now, the question always remains is, especially nowadays, there, I mean, truthfully, there are some of my friends that still get anxious talking about religion because it has been ingrained in us that we are not supposed to talk about religion or politics. I, I don't know why. Because we can talk about everything else, but we can't talk about those two things. Now, I'm not one to really talk politics anymore. It is, a, it is one of the most polarizing topics in America and has been for the better part of, call it, eight years. I understand that. The media has divided most, of it, if not all, of the nation. And people don't want to talk about politics because it is offensive. And I believe that we have been conditioned similarly, even recently, with religion, specifically Christianity. I use Christianity loosely, but that is the best way that I can describe it. Um... You know, I think of myself as a Bible, quote unquote, Christian. But the media has told us that Christianity does not love 
the things that go on in this world. If you're a Christian, then you hate gay people and you hate transgender people and religion is hate speech if you tell those people that they are sinning. That's what the media says. The media is wrong. The media is a lie. If you call a sin out, you're not doing anything hateful. In fact, you're doing the opposite. You're telling people their sins and you're hoping that they transform from that and repent from their sins so that they will have eternal life. Because if we continue on in sin, you know, we're not going to have the best opportunity. If we blatantly disregard, if we blatantly disregard God's word, okay? And this goes back to Interestingly enough, maybe taking a nuanced approach to the Exodus 19.5 verse. Now, if you will indeed obey my voice and keep my covenant. Well, God's voice, if you want to hear God's voice, read the Bible out loud. Because this is all God's word. So, we know what the covenant was coming. If you read further into Exodus, complete that chapter, go into Leviticus and read it, and then we get to uh, Numbers and Deuteronomy, which Deuteronomy, I believe, is translated to the second law, because that is where the law is given again, if I am correct in that. We will have a fact check next episode. But God is telling us right there, a nuanced approach to that could be, if you obey the Bible, then you will be a special person above me. Well, I would like to say I think that that is true. And then you'll say to me maybe, how are we going to be a special people? You know, this was supposed to be given to the house of Jacob, which is the children of Israel. So, Z, if you will, how can this apply to me? I'm just from Ohio. Well, it's interesting that you would ask that. Because if we get to Romans, I believe it's 11, we see that we are grafted in. Okay, we, as followers of Christ, are grafted in to the nation of Israel. Well, where does that say that? I'm glad you asked. It is Romans 11. Romans 11, uh, verse 17. And if some of the branches were broken off, and you, being a wild olive tree, were grafted in among them, and with them became a partaker of the root and fatness of the olive, olive tree, do not boast against the branches, but if you do boast, remember that you do not support, but the report, excuse me, but the root supports you. So it says it right there. Being a wild, wild olive tree were grafted in among them, and you became a partaker of the root and the fatness of the olive tree. That is Israel. So we are grafted in by following Christ. So if we're grafted into Israel, these words apply to us. We are a special people. We are a holy nation, a kingdom of priests. Peter, uh, Peter talks about that. I believe it's in, it's in first or second Peter. I, I truly don't know the verse offhand, but it, it talks about being a holy nation and a nation of priests. I'll try and find it before we wrap up. But this is why we're supposed to listen to God's word. Okay. And here's the thing. Let's, let's keep it back on track. 
we're scared to talk about religion because people tell us that Christianity is hateful and it, and it doesn't support love. Actually, it does more than support love. It doesn't let people continue on in their sin. In their sin. It, is, it, it tries to offer a correction and a way out for eternal life. If you want to continue on in sin, by all means, do it. We have, we have free will. We have free will to continue on and do whatever we want to. We don't have to follow Christ. We don't have to obey anything. We have free will. But just know that we all are going to be held accountable. I'm going to be held accountable for everything that I've done. I, I'm still going to have to pay pay up when I go when I go to check out. Okay, when I get the final ticket, I'm going to look at that bill, and I'm still going to have to pay up. I'm still going to be held accountable. But the purpose of obeying God is because it puts us on a path for salvation. It puts us on a path for eternal life, for redemption. Yes, Christ died on the cross for us, and we have been saved. We have to accept that. It is given to everyone freely. Obedience is necessary. Obeying God's word is necessary. So do we trust the world or do we trust God? And that's the question that you have to ask yourself when you're put in a position to witness, when you're put in a position to be the example. Are we afraid of witnessing due to repercussions that might happen? Is that something whispering in your ear saying, if you talk about this, you're going to get fired? If you talk about this, this guy might punch you in the face. So what are we afraid of? First John 4.4 4, You are of God, little children, and have overcome them, because he who is in you is greater than he who is in the world. Remember, that he who is in you is greater than he who is in the world. Am I telling you that you're not going to face any pushback if you witness to someone? Absolutely not. But what I am telling you in 1 Thessalonians 5.19, quench not the spirit. Quench not the spirit. When you're to witness, you should witness. God allows everything to happen. He is the He's the one in charge. All of this is part of his plan. I've experienced parts of his plan for my life that I did not see in the moment, that I did not see three months ago, that I did not see two weeks ago. But when it all comes together and you're able to put this, everything that has happened to you in a different view than the selfish view that maybe I was looking at, you'll understand how God's plan comes together, but you have to have the discernment to put it together and understand that this is not your plan. This is his plan. If you fight against it, maybe you delay some blessings. Now, again, if you're put in a position to witness and spread the gospel and something quote unquote bad happens, I'd rather say if something goes unaccording to our plan. I don't even know if unaccording is a word. If something goes that isn't according to our plan. 
if unaccordingly is not a word, it should be. But if something doesn't go the way we want it to, just know that it is going according to his plan. And that's what it takes. So if you want to quench the spirit, be prepared to maybe experience a storm at the sea like Jonah did. You might even get thrown into the sea. You might get swallowed by a fish. Okay? But, if you come to your senses, be put back on the right right back on the right path. Sometimes it might take being thrown into the storm at the sea to understand that you got to get back on God's path and what he has for you. But just remember when you do obey his voice, you will be a special people above all. It's an if and then folks. He didn't tell Noah, you will obey. He said, if Noah, Moses, what am I talking about? Man, sometimes I just, my brain is, my brain is moving. My mouth is moving faster than my brain. And I say the wrong people's name. He didn't tell Moses, but Noah is another great example because Noah listened. Noah listened to God, didn't question him at all. Hey, how about this? Glory be to God. What a great way to close this. Noah listened to God's voice. He was an upright man and walked with God. And Noah listened when God said, build the ark. He didn't question. He built the ark. And guess what? He was delivered from the flood. He was saved. If he didn't, we might not even be here today because the rest of the world was washed away. I hope this was beneficial for you. It was super beneficial for me. Glad to be back doing this. And hopefully we'll see you soon. I'll talk to you. Uh